Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchable News. It's Thursday, December 9th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on where Republicans are on the debt limit. Number two, a peek into the GOP race to head up the powerful Ways and Means Committee. And number three, Block, formerly known as Square, is doubling down in Washington what that means for the crypto space. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We are continuing to cover the biggest story of the week, how Congress is going to raise the debt limit. Uh, Of course, today is a big day in the Capitol. The late Senator Bob Dole, Republican from Kansas, will be lying in state in the rotunda. But the Senate will also hold a contentious cloture vote on a measure allowing senators to raise the debt limit by a simple majority vote on a one-time basis. Um, let's let's turn to the man of the day, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. It appears he has this sewn up. It does. So uh, we last night we kind of crashed uh, myself and Brez on the at the vote, um, the uh, Senate vote. Uh, Brez a little bit later than me, but um, <laughs> he, but um, uh, he, we have the whip list of the 10 Republicans who are going to vote for cloture. Remember, th- re- just let's review for a second. This is a bill to lift the debt to to allow not to lift the debt limit, but to allow for a 50 vote, 51 vote debt limit vote at some point in the in the near future in the next, let's call it a week, uh, less than a week. But um, and and the cloture vote cuts off debate. So this is a procedural vote. So here's the 10 Republicans. Mitch McConnell, uh, John Thune of South Dakota, the minority whip, and uh, the number two in Senate Republican leadership, John Cornyn, the former number two of Senate Republican leadership, um, uh, and also a potential future leader. Roger Wicker of Mississippi, Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, Roy Blunt of Missouri, Susan Collins of Maine, Rob Portman retiring. Uh, of Ohio, Tom Tillis, and Richard Burr of North Carolina. Burr is also retiring. This is like a list of the um, of the leadership uh, uh, adjacents in the leadership, right? But notably, not John Barrasso. John Barrasso said, I don't have anything for you when uh, we asked him. Uh, people who are not saying how they're voting, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Mike Crapo of Idaho, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, Josh Hawley of Missouri, Jim Inhofe of Oklahoma, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Jerry Moran of Kansas, and Mike Round said he was a lean no. So a few things to review here. Um, there's a couple interesting dynamics here. So this this process to lift the debt ceiling by 51 votes is attached to a um, a bill to push off Medicare cuts. And so a lot of people are finding it hard to vote no to push off Medicare cuts. Like Josh Hawley, we spoke to him. I spoke to him, I guess, whatever. I don't know what day that was. It was probably yesterday. It might have been the day. It was yesterday, I think, or the day before. And he said, how could we, or Max did, Max Cohen, our our, our uh, intrepid young reporter. Um, um, and he said, how could I vote against pushing off Medicare cuts? Like, I can't vote to cut Medicare. So I think people are wrestling with that. Ron Johnson kind of said the same thing to me yesterday. He, he said, um, I'm looking at the underlying bill, and I had heard from from some sources that he was a potential yes. So it's a tough situation. We There was a blow-up in Senate Republican, the steering committee lunch yesterday. Lindsey Graham kind of went off on, uh, on McConnell, and he told Brez last night, I don't like the stuff of marrying, I don't like the idea of marrying stuff up to Medicare. Um, and he also said he doesn't like to change the, the Senate rules in the House, which... 
uh, is understandable. That's a whole other issue. Um, but listen, like McConnell wants to keep the attention to the extent he can on Democrats. He knows the debt ceiling needs to be reached. McConnell does uh, needs to be lifted. Rather, McConnell does. And and he's trying to create a process to do that while keeping his guys hands clean, which is difficult. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you zoom out on this, right, so obviously there's, you know, you kind of laid out, I think, in great detail, the, the kind of the members that McConnell has been able to kind of are the loyalists to him, the leadership, people that are retiring that, you know, are, are, are going to give him the vote to get this done. Um, but I think what's been very instructive in this kind of whole process is just how bruising it has been for McConnell. You know, he's been beaten up in public, in private. You don't often see Lindsey Graham necessarily going after him publicly, kind of, you know, castigating the strategy of the leader. You know, for the past several years, when Mitch McConnell has said something, for the most part, the Republican conference has fallen in line, certainly in public. Um, but this has been one of those issues that McConnell has kind of gone back and forth on. He's been really the leader on. And there isn't unanimity in terms of where the Republican conference feels like, yeah, they should do this because it's the, you know, adult thing to do. It's the prudent thing to do. They do need to, you know, allow for the debt limit to be raised. But remember, McConnell was, I mean, originally five or six months ago, you know, basically publicly saying he was going to force Democrats to do this on their own and that he, the way he thought they should do it was reconciliation. But, you know, Chuck Schumer said no. Yeah, I mean, Schumer beat him in this staring contest. There's no question about that. I mean, we were talking to uh, um, a, a Republican aide last night who kind of said, listen, we can't force him to use reconciliation. And that's true, right? He cannot force uh, uh, Schumer to use reconciliation. And so what's his option? If you believe this is why this whole fight is kind of a little bit of BS, right, Anna? It's like if you believe the debt ceiling needs to be raised, you could say until you're blue in the face that you don't you're not going to accommodate that process. Um, but you have to, in the end, accommodate that process if there's a 60 vote threshold and you only have 50 and, and they have 50 votes and you have 50 votes. So it's just not a it's not a um, it's not a uh, a legitimate and honest fight because if you're not, it, it, you know, it's like the, it's the old, it's the old saying, right? Don't take a hostage. You're not willing to shoot, you know, like they can't, they took this hostage early this Congress early this year in an interview with us, McConnell did. And, and, he he wasn't willing to take it to its end, and, and there's good reason for that politically, right? They're good, and the good reason being that if he does, if 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 is that they believe, and with some evidence that Democrats are having a bad year, their poll numbers aren't great, they're struggling on the BBB. So why get in their way? And I understand that. So all the people who are who are crapping on McConnell and saying that he that you know he shouldn't have done this. I mean, what is the alternative to default? No, it's not. I mean. Like and Schumer just wasn't blinking, and and they and and they believe that this fight is 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 not is not legitimate, and and that's that. So this is, I mean, McConnell's McConnell's um, McConnell's view is like I've done what I could do. Like this is all I could do. This is the only move I have. Right. No, it's going to be interesting, and and I think what will be very interesting, and then we'll close out this this long number one to story of the morning, but it is really the story of the day. But I do think one thing to watch looking forward, projecting, you know, Republicans are going to try to attack Democrats on this 
issue. I'm not sure. I think we go back and forth. I, I know you you kind of discount whether or not this plays in actual politics in, in states and do people even understand what the debt limit is. I, I can understand that. But this could have an issue, could become an issue in the races. And the races, I think the three that we lay out are, are important to just note for folks, which is this Catherine Cortez master race in Nevada, Mark Kelly in Arizona, Maggie Hassan in New Hampshire. Those are really the reasons uh, why why you have, this has been such a fight, too, in terms of Chuck Schumer not wanting to do it on reconciliation because they he didn't want to hang this tough issue around the necks of some of his members who are going to have increasingly difficult races in this midterm election. Can I, are, can I add one more thing, Anna? Sure. And, and that... I, I, I agree. Like I, yes, I am skeptical that the debt limit is as potent a political weapon as a lot of people think it is. But I do think, I do think there's something to say that, uh, you know, Democrats, whether you like the BBB and you like the infrastructure bill and you like the American rescue package, the big stimulus package they passed back in the beginning of the year, I do think it could be potent if you're like, Democrats are sp- have spent four or five trillion dollars in some races that might be potent, right? Like, but that's not the debt ceiling alone. That's like if you if if you're a Republican, you're running against a Democrat, and you're like they're just spending trillions of dollars. Like that could be potent in and of itself. In a normal Congress, sans COVID, right? If without this this pandemic and all the spending, I just think it's a little bit less. It's it, I think it's overrated on on the potency scale, so to speak. But with all the spending, maybe it's a little bit more potent. Something that I would expect is going to be playing in ads. We'll have to see whether it actually has the potency or not. But certainly to your point, yeah, I mean, spending trillions of dollars is going to be an attack that Republicans are going to take and and happily take, you know, to races across the country against against Democrats. All right, let's move on quickly to the number two story of the morning. I love this. Uh, it's so great. It's really why covering Congress is fun. The kind of behind the scenes battles and and wooing of members when it comes to their internal positions, trying to get people on board for um, you know you know to vote for them in different ways. And sometimes that comes in swag. Sometimes it comes in food. And uh, this week it came in the way of fresh crab legs, Jake. Yeah, Vern Buchanan, Republican from Florida, rich Republican from Florida, former car dealer, is going to be the next top Republican on the Ways and Means Committee. This conversation has been sparked, by the way, because Devin Nunes announced he's resigning at the end of the year. Kevin Brady, the um, the uh, uh, current ranking member, is the is the is retiring at the end of the year too. Vern Buchanan. Uh, is trying to take that spot in 2023 after presumably after Republicans take the majority. But even if Republicans don't take the majority, he sent members of the steering committee fresh crab legs uh, this week. Uh, no um, small penny, Jake. That's a this Joe's. Joe's stone crab. This is yeah, from Joe's. Um, you know, uh, you know, I should probably look how much money uh, Buchanan has on hand. I imagine it's a lot of money. I could look that sure. up in real time now. Um, he has on hand at his campaign account only a half million dollars. So maybe, wow. maybe he should, Ooh. maybe he should cool out on the crab leg story. <laughs> um, but, um, but listen, I mean, that is a big, that is a big, uh, that's a big deal. Um, and, uh, that he's not that he's sending crab legs, but he's already making this move. He's already kind of trying to get, um, in the good graces of the powerful steering committee. Another thing to keep an eye on is that there are Republicans who are making a, uh, a move to get 
that extra spot that's going to be opened up when Nunez leaves. That's David Kustoff of, of Tennessee, Greg Murphy of North Carolina, Greg Stubbe of Florida, and Beth Van Dyne of Texas. Um, all those people are making moves to get on Ways and Means. So, um, you know, that that is a, that's a big deal because it's a tax writing committee. People, our audience is going to be super interested in that. Yeah, and I just, I would just close that out with saying, I mean, this is kind of the first of what, you know, a lot of people think, you know, 2022, it's all about the midterms. But for us, I think one of the things we're going to really be focused on here and uh, a lot of folks in Washington will be is these kinds of behind the scenes moves as and if it becomes even, you know, more certain that. De- uh, Republicans are going to take over the House. This kind of wrangling is going to start really early, and this is kind of that that first um, race that we're starting to see already. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Um, this I found very interesting, Jake. Square Inc., the payment company, you know, made waves earlier this month when it changed its corporate name to Block. But now it is bringing on a top D.C. hand to lead its federal policy group. Uh, Tom Anatos, a man a lot of folks who are our listeners know, leaving Spotify to lead federal policy for Block. That's a big deal. Yep. Um, We've been writing a lot about how we think crypto and digital assets need to have need to up their game in D.C. This is an example of one company that's doing just that. Um, You know, I just think, yes, that's a big deal. Uh, Block Square, whatever it's being called now, it's being called the the overwhelm the overarching company is being called Block. I think the Square brand is going to um, is going to continue to exist in the consumer retail uh, payment space. But listen, I mean, the larger point here, without getting into Square and Block, because they're you know we don't know what their priorities are and how how he's going to run their office, but crypto lost a big battle a couple months ago in the infrastructure bill, a massive battle, a very important battle on on reporting requirements um, in a quite embarrassing way, frankly. Um, they were caught off guard. They were unable. I don't know if they were caught off guard. I'm not sure that's fair, but they certainly seem to be caught off guard. And they were not able to reverse this, what, what a lot of people said was a, a massive issue in the legislation on reporting requirements um, and brokers and the definition of brokers and all that stuff. So all that said, uh, a big hire. A lot of people know Tom. Um, he's been involved in politics for a long time, actually has a very well-read and for years has had a very well-read job message board, right, Anna? That is something that's been a big part of DC for a long time. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I want to flag one thing really quickly. If you like hearing Jake and I rap each morning about the top three stories of the day, this afternoon, we have a brown bag lunch at 1 p.m. for our premium members. So if you sign up to be a premium member uh, today, you can go to punchbowl.news to get into that. Then you can sign up and hear the three of us. We bring in John Bresnahan for those conversations, but we also take questions from premium members. We talk about kind of what we're following. You get a real sense of kind of behind the scenes where Punchbowl News uh, head is in terms of the the news of the day going forward, all kinds of things. Happy to talk about uh, in detail. So please become a premium member and join us for that conversation this afternoon. We do them, you know, once or twice a month. uh, And I, I think we really enjoy them as as does the audience so with that leave us a a rating and review you can also subscribe to punchbowl news at punchbowl.news have a great day and stay safe